Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Hippocampus. I'm talking to Nathan right now. Hello. Howdy. Now, I want to talk about the band. You guys all met in school in St. Paul, but from different musical backgrounds. And in some ways, that pretty much just describes Hippocampus. How would you describe (laughs) it? Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a there's a communion of different upbringings and uh, it's all kind of centered around wanting to have a good time and um, obviously expression. Yeah, we're, you know, we're five friends and uh, we're just happy to be here, really. Do you guys classify yourselves as alternative? No, <laughs> I don't really know what it is now i think that there's always been a pop centric element to what we do but just kind of experimenting with that as much as we can while still being somewhat consumable and uh easy to listen to i guess yeah it's kind of hard the jargon around naming anything these days but i guess we're sort of a pop band, sort of a rock band. There's a lot of words that can be used to, you can get as specific as you want or as broad as you want with all the genres and terminology. (laughs) You can really be whatever you want. We're posers. (laughs) You guys are no strangers to Madison. You've played here multiple times. And next month, you'll be playing the Sylvie on February 17th. Do you have a favorite place to visit when you're in town? I have fond memories of Ian's. Oh, yes. And um, not so fond memories of Ian's. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, Madison's beautiful. I think the Majestic is really kind of, that's always been our staple of our Madison experience, I'd say. So anywhere around around that area, I guess, has always been a good time for us. But uh, yeah, we're excited to play the Sylvie. It's a beautiful place. Um, They treat us well there. So we're stoked. First show of the tour, too, so. Yeah, kicking it's gonna, it off. Gonna be Madison. gonna shake the rust off for sure. <laughs> Have you played the Sylvie before? Yeah, we played there 2019, I believe. Okay. Um, which I don't know if it was the year it opened up. I think yeah, something either like 2018 or 2019, something like that. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, great spot and great amenities for bands back there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people who aren't on the road don't realize how much having your own space place for the band to gather without anybody else there. There was a pop shot basketball game back there one Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) Yep. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The video games, um, the food's great. Yeah. It's, it, it really just, it changes the game, you know, like when you arrive and it's just like, Oh, I can chill. You can take a shower. I can take a shower. Oh yeah. (laughs) God, it's huge. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Stoked to be back. And you guys have been on some pretty huge tours. Do you have favorite bands that you've toured with? Oh, don't do this to me. Um, (laughs) You know, the summer of 2019, we went on tour with The Head and the Heart. And I think that that might have been the most fun we'd ever had. I think it was nice to be in a supporting slot again. Um, It had been a while. And so we were kind of able to let loose and, and party behind the scenes that was a, a ruckus that was fun great people sylvanesso amazing amazing folks the Mowgli's, og throwing it back to our first our first tour ever 
Yeah, man. I mean, we've, we've been blessed to be able to be in a, a bunch of different tours and, and meet a lot of different and wonderful people. So I, I don't know if I could sum it all up in one, but there's a couple examples for you. <laughs> the Head and the Heart just announced their new tour. Really? I should do- hit them up. <laughs> They're going to do two nights at the Sylvie in October. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll make the trek out there. You should. It seems like the Midwest can be ignored despite being home of so many different music styles, tons of artists, great venues, and world-famous producers. How much do you think the Midwest, or specifically the Twin Cities, has influenced your affinity for music? Yeah, community, I think, uh, being the biggest part of, I guess, the cities specifically. Everybody's got each other's backs, it seems like. You know, my personal experience, I everything kind of happened really fast for, for us, for Hippo, and I hadn't really had a deep immersive experience in the scene besides my high school experience. But um, over the years, coming back from tours and, and being able to really kind of explore and, and meet new people and stuff, I think it's deepened my appreciation for not only the amazing players and artists that are here, but the people that they support in turn, you know, it's not really, there's not the same kind of like hustle or grind that you would kind of get cynical about, I think, in bigger cities. So that's definitely an aspect of it. I think the Midwest as a whole, I mean, there's just so many pockets, right? I mean, the the difference in like, we recorded at Electrical Audio in Chicago for Bambi. And I think just being in that environment and the history in that space and the amount of amazing acts that have recorded there it just broadens the scope of everything. And I think that it really humbling to a certain degree as well. So you can take that and then come back home and, and the way that you approach your own music and the way that you even consume other people's music. I think that it all is looped together. It's all connected. And at the end of the day, I just hope that it makes me a better person and better at what I do, I guess. You've gotten to have some, <laughs> some of these really great experiences recording you've toured the world you've played a couple shows in asia do you have a moment where you were like holy shit i can't believe this is happening all of them probably (laughs) yeah um all of them yeah i i I think from our first time really leaving the state to play music we headed down to south by southwest um ahead of our tour with the Mowgli's. And I mean, that was a, that was a moment being on Conan for the first time. That was a moment late night TV. Yes. Uh, playing in, playing in Seoul, South Korea. That was a moment and too many to count. I think, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, summing it all up, it, it's, it's really a practice of gratitude at this point to be able to have all that and looking forward to more of those things, but just to maintain like that appreciation, I think is, is something that everybody can relate to on a certain level. Yeah, f- touching down in, in Seoul, South Korea and having 50 fans there to greet you was really wild and, and humbling. And um, yeah, I'm just, like I said before, I'm just happy to be here, man. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time and, and I'm really appreciative of all the things that, that we've been able to experience as a band. So You mentioned Conan. Next week, you're on the Late Late Show, our late night talk show superstar rock stars now too well <laughs> let's not get out of ourselves um <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see how that goes i don't know um again thankful for all these opportunities 
mostly just stoked for the album to come out and for people to to hear what we've been up to and and um, start this new chapter for Hippo. So yeah, LP three comes out February fourth. You want to talk about how that came together? Yeah, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. We had planned on taking the year of 2020 completely off from touring with the hopes of writing and recording a new album. So we started doing that at the top of 2020, maybe a little bit before and really going well. You know, we were in the studio pretty much every day and and working our butts off and it was it was good and got about halfway there. And uh, and then March happened and quarantine and spent the rest of the album process in isolation and, and remote working. And that was interesting as well. So it's kind of a, 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 a dual quarantine record. But um, more than that, I think that it's a, a timestamp and a testament to the grueling amount of touring that we had done up until that point. So we kind of owed it to ourselves to sit with ourselves and work on our own relationships, both as a band and as individuals. And um, I think that this record kind of sums that process up and not that we're a hundred percent there because it's never really done, you know, always working on ourselves. But I think that this record is a really important piece to that larger puzzle, both as a band and as individuals. So it's our most honest, it's our most vulnerable and we're most proud of this record. So we're just stoked that it's coming out. So how did you decide which songs were for LP3, which ones came on Good Dog, Bad Dream that came out last year? Yeah, it was an interesting process, kind of flipping flipping it around. Like Good Dog, Bad Dream was kind of birthed out of moving into this new studio space in Minneapolis and really feeling like it was ours and having ownership of, of a space like that. So we saw it as an opportunity to kind of clean the slate and really put something out ourselves entirely i think that with that goal in mind it was kind of it's kind of like a island of misfit toys that ep some of the songs are from were written in like 2018 like for bambi and some of the songs were written for lp3 some of them were brand new like really a a culmination of all those things and it, it just kind of it always kind of shows itself i don't think it's ever been really that difficult to decide what songs make a project or what songs don't. For me, at least personally, it, it's a pretty much a gut feeling. I can kind of instinctually latch on to songs like more than others and see how they can fit in the larger picture, the grand scheme of things. So I think for Good Dog, Bad Dream is pretty easy to see that they were all kind of delinquents in their own way. So might as well throw them all together in one big clown car. What am I saying? What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> is a steady stream of new music something that's important to you guys? Because it seems like you release music pretty continuously. Yeah, I think we're getting there. I think the way that the industry is headed to, like, you kind of have to. I don't really see anything slowing down. And yeah, like I said, moving into this new studio space that we have now and being able to kind of upgrade our gear and our, our library, as it were, it's a lot easier for us to kind of just hit record and see what comes out. We don't have to make it a really long, drawn-out process anymore, which has always been a goal of ours. And um, yeah, I think I think in the future already, I'm looking at the at the Dropbox, and we've got like seventy different things that we're working on. Yeah, no rest for the wicked, I guess. But it's it's something that we love to do. We love having options. That's always been a part of our process. You know, it's better to choose from a long list than have a 
a precious few, I think. So yeah, it's kind of a, a part of our ethos. Sure. Let's go with that. It's better to have a big collection than to try to like force it. Be like, okay, we need, we just need one more song. Try to squeeze it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes that happens though too. It's like Buttercup was the last thing that we put on Landmark. Bambi was the last thing that we put on Bambi. Like, yeah, sometimes it just happens like that. And sometimes it's like, hey, that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Can you tell us about the arts and advocacy program, Blossom? I sort of can. I'm really <laughs> honestly not the... I'm not the the go-to guy for that. Our trumpeter, DiCarlo, has a much better grasp on it all. But essentially, it's an effort to promote local artists and kind of coordinate and curate different events and different spaces in which um, these artists can perform and gain exposure. And all the while, proceeds from those events and shows going directly back into the community, whether it's donating to different art advocacies in the in the cities themselves or donating to direct book driver or or something i mean it's all an effort to give back to the community that has supported us for so long and provide a platform for for local artists to exhibit their craft that's something that could potentially expand i think we'll see we're kind of winging it right now but it's tough with covid Mm -hmm. it's an interesting uh process that we've never really been at the helm of before so we're giving ourselves some grace as it as it develops and and matures into something that hopefully makes a bigger impact in the twin cities area so what is one thing on your to-do list that you just really don't want to do oh my god uh what is my to-do list i think costco is on there (laughs) um let's see what else do i have to do i i have i don't know clean the house (laughs) <laughs> i feel like i have to um like practice you know for for this tour maybe yeah, yeah but i just don't really feel like doing that i'd rather like i'd rather talk to you or like <laughs> i don't know yeah just yeah. i don't know work on new music or something but that's probably the biggest that's probably the biggest concern right now is learning how to play this record live <laughs> um we'll get there we'll get there but yeah. That's uh, that's something I'm definitely sweeping under the rug. <laughs> it's going to be very cold. What are your favorite ways to stay warm? We have accrued quite a collection of heavy blankets. That has been nice. I love a fireplace. Yeah. I love a fireplace. Like even going out into the cold to be around a fire, I would do that, you know? That's probably my favorite saunas, man. Saunas are good too. But maybe, yeah, curl up on the couch, bowl of soup, a little bit of bourbon. I don't know. (laughs) Get crazy. Get crazy. Uh, Those all work. Those all work, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then what is the best way for a fan to contact you guys? Are you most active on Twitter or TikTok or somewhere else? MySpace. MySpace (laughs) primarily. Um, no, not TikTok. I don't do TikTok. I don't really go online all that much, but the other guys do maybe, but Instagram, Twitter, maybe, uh, we are trying to TikTok some stuff. It's not a verb, is it? It's not a verb, Nathan. What are you saying? I don't know. I um, I just feel like I just can't keep up anymore. Like, there's <laughs> no point. Instagram, Twitter, probably. All right. Probably the best ways. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. 
No, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. We look forward to seeing you at the Sylvie next month. And right now we're going to check out your new song, Ride or Die by Hippocampus on The Resistance. <laughs>